Oh, man. So here's a question for you. Have you ever worked a job you hated before? <laughs> Never, ever. You love every job you've ever had. Yeah, I think at some point you've probably worked a job that you just really were looking forward to the day being over. And perhaps maybe the day, just the more and more you wanted it to be over, the slower and slower the time seemed to go. And, uh, and so, you know, however, as long as perhaps maybe you've got something you're planning on doing that evening, um, or, or maybe you've got something at the end of the week that you're looking forward to, it kind of changes how the week unfolds, isn't it? I mean, it's like where you may not like what's going on during the day, but because of the thing that you're looking forward to, you can make the day, it just goes differently because you're looking forward to what lies ahead. You know, we find ourselves tonight in a, in a, a great moment. Uh, we've been for the last three weeks in our series that we've entitled Wounds. And this series, we've been talking through the pain and the hard and the yuck that we experience here on this earth. And there's a lot of it, isn't there? There's a lot. And we're so thankful that we don't have to live in those wounds. We don't have to remain in those wounds. There's something more. There's something we look forward to. There's something that lies ahead. You know, we've been talking, um, looking through scripture in a time period, much like today, where People in their hurts tend to pass on those hurts to other people. We say it, hurt people hurt people. And it's in our pain, we tend to be shorter with our words. We tend to be, you know, a, a bit less patient with other people uh, because we're hurting. And it's not the person's fault. It's in a lot of ways, there's, there's things that subconsciously are happening inside of us that we can and can't control at times. We just simply, when we're hurting, our propensity to hurt somebody else, it increases. Well, that's very similar to the time period that we've been studying that we read in the Word of God. But what we have learned is just what I prayed a while ago. Jesus came to heal our wounds by his wounds. And because of Jesus' wounds, there is hope. And in that hope, we don't have to let our hurts hurt other people in the same way perhaps they always have. Jesus provided a different way that there can be healing, and even in the heart of the heart of the heart that we see here on this earth, there can be joy, there can be peace, there can be hope, there can be love. And it's because of the person of Jesus that we can have that perspective in the valleys, in the difficult times. You know, last, uh, or a couple weeks ago, we answered the question, though, of how long. How long do we have to be in these hurts? Because that's the question we want to know. We can kind of deal with things for a certain period of time, but how long do we really have to deal with this? How long do we really have to remain in these hurts? And unfortunately, we weren't able to answer the question with a definitive, this is how long. But what we're able to answer the question with is this. We can trust God's timing with our wounds. We can trust that God will see us through in the fullness of God's time. And what we need to do, instead of just wishing it to be over, Let's not miss the opportunity we have in the wound. Let's not waste the wound. Let's instead look out the window like a child that's just ready to get to the destination of a trip. Let's look out the window and see what we otherwise would not normally see. In that wounding, we can experience things and we can see God in ways that we cannot see God when things are smooth and easy. So let's not miss the opportunity that we have there, and let's trust God's timing. Let's trust the fullness of the truth of God with the wound that we find ourselves in. And then last week, 
we talked about two things, two key elements of healing our past wounds, and that is repentance and forgiveness. They are what are needed for healing. And what we, we went specifically through the lens of the church itself. And specifically through the lens of the church, we asked questions like, how do we react when somebody hurts the church? What is, our, what is our interaction when somebody is trying to damage the body of Christ? And one of the things we encouraged ourselves to do in that moment is to ask ourselves, when have I done that? When have I hurt, whether it intentionally or unintentionally, when have I hurt someone else? When, when in my life have I done differently than what you would want me to do, God, with the body of believers? And then we just repented. We spent time asking God to forgive, to own where we've fallen short. And then what that did was hopefully it allows us to see someone through a similar lens. And we talked about healthy boundaries. They, they result in healthy relationships. And so, yes, it's true. We have to have the conversations and the hard conversations that help the guide rails of, of the way we live our life as Christ followers. And we hope that in those guide rail conversations, that does lead to repentance. But it starts right here with us, doesn't it? It starts right here to make sure that we're not guilty of the same thing that's driving us nuts that that person is doing. And so let's, let's look inside first. And then from there, of course, forgiveness. When we've received forgiveness from the Lord, we are much more prone to offer forgiveness to other people because we can see that while we didn't deserve forgiveness, they don't deserve forgiveness, but yet we receive forgiveness and we can give that same forgiveness to the person that is in a state of repentance. Yeah, this is where we've been so far. And the wounds are hard, the wounds are difficult, and now we find ourselves in the final installment of this series, and today is the day that we, we are, hope, it, it, it sh the, the light of hope gets shined in front of us because we have hope in that God will make all things right. Now, some people get a little bit confused and think whenever we accept Jesus, that's the moment in which all things are made right and there's no more pain, there's no more suffering, there's no more difficulty at that point. And we kind of ride off into the sunset until heaven someday. And we've experienced that's not the way life works. And so, yes, we know that at the end of days, God will right all wrongs. So all the pain, all the suffering, all the yuck that we've been through here on this earth, at the end of days, that is when all of those wrongs will be made right. And we can trust that God will make all of those wrongs right. And so we're gonna look at this book that's in the collection of books that we call the Bible. And it's the very last book, Revelation. Lots of people love the book of Revelation, love to study the book of Revelation. It's got some really interesting things, very interesting imagery that our eyes, we just, we just don't understand. It's written for first century eyes, and we just have a really hard time being able to grasp. But today, there's something we can grasp in here. And it's an important thing for us to be able to grasp. And so let's read what John wrote as the Lord gave him the ability to see heaven. And then he wrote down this book that we have so that people in the first century would be able to believe Jesus is really the Savior of the world and heaven awaits those who believe in Jesus. Revelation chapter 22, 
verses one through five. The angel showed me, this is John writing, showed John the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, the perfect amount of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, all 12 months, the perfect amount of time, all year long, right? And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. And here's where it hits. Verse three, no longer will there be any curse. See, that's what we're living under. We are living under the curse of the fall of mankind. It happened in the Garden of Eden. And we still live under this curse, but there will come a day. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face. His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun because the light of the world is who is showing and for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. It comes full circle. It comes full circle. Now, what we have to remember is for the majority of the book of Revelation, the nations, the kings of those nations, they were at odds with each other. There was a lot of pain, there was a lot of death, there was a lot of injury, there was a lot of hurt, there was a lot of betrayal, there was a lot of difficulty that was happening. They shared in idolatry, they shared in economic violence, they oppressed God's people, they opposed God, they opposed God's purposes. And this is the section of scripture here that John is writing about what is to come at the end of days. All war, all wounds, all pain, at the end of days, all wrongs will be made right. This is what he's talking about. Now, Craig Keener, he writes in, in his commentary about this, and he says the removal of the curse that we we're talking about, or that we read about, in this context refers to the reversal of the curse in the Garden of Eden, which was original sin. It's the reversal of this curse that took place. And so there's hope. We find ourselves, this is that kind of moment we all live for, isn't it? Where we, we want in the here and now, we want this now. We want all the hard, all the, all the difficulty, all the war, all the pain, all the suffering. We would love for that to end. That's why in the beauty pageants, what's the, what's the thing? World peace is what's wanted, right? I mean, come on. This is what everybody on this planet, well, not maybe not everybody, but most, a lot of people here on this planet, they want peace. And so no matter who you are, no matter the position that you find yourself in, no matter your place in life, you know the reality of pain. You know difficulty, you know the hard, because pain is experienced in a variety of ways. I mean, it's like physical pain, right? You know, it's that physical pain where in the middle of the night, you, you, you stretch wrong and pull a muscle in your back. Am I the only one that that's happened to? Anybody ever had the cramp that happens in the middle of the night? You know, where, you, where, you, where you're laying there and all of a sudden it's, you know, you hadn't drank enough water or I don't even know what the reason is. Bottom line is, all of a sudden there's a cramp and it won't turn loose. Your leg's sticking up out of the bed and your spouse's like, what are you doing? You're like, I got a cramp, you know, and, and there it is. So there's pain like that that takes place. You know I mean? You know, I remember when creatine first came out, anybody like, like 
love the weight room and creatine and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, right? Come on. I remember when creatine came out. I love me some creatine, all right? Because it holds some water in your body. It makes you all swole. It makes you look all big and buff and everything. I love creatine. You know until when I love creatine? The first day of two-a-days. Because you want to know what creatine does. It makes you wear cramps or a thing. Not just little cramps, like the real deal, oh my gosh, fall out of the car cramps because you can't straighten your legs. That's exactly what happened first day of two-a-days. Me and all my buddies, we've been doing this creatine thing and uh, we were feeling all good and all that kind of good stuff and practice was over. We all get in the car to drive back to our dorm. And I kid you not, I pull in the, in the driveway and I see guys literally falling out of the cars because, and they were just in writhing in pain because their legs, they couldn't straighten them out. Every, I mean, their whole body's just cramping up. It was hilarious, okay? It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life, but pain, we're, we know physical pain. We get it. You guys remember whenever I humpty dumptied off the ladder at OSA setting up for church? Yeah, right? We know it. Sometimes we do these things to ourselves. Sometimes we don't. We know Physical pain. How many of you guys, whenever the weather changes, you know the weather's changing because your body tells you? Yeah, because of what? Either a previous injury, maybe sickness that's in your body. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about because all of a sudden you're like, man, what is going on? And next thing you know, it's cold the next day. You're like, oh, I think I'm better than the weather person. Yeah, exactly. It's true. We feel the physical pain of past injuries. We deal with other physical ailments, right? Indigestion, dead gum indigestion. It hurts. It's no fun. Acid reflux, migraines, arthritis. These are all a thing here on this earth. We're no stranger to physical pain. We're also no stranger to emotional pain, are we? Emotional pain's a real deal. We carry invisible scars, don't we? We carry invisible scars of emotional wounds. And you know what? There's things in your life, emotional scars, that no one may know about except you. There are emotional scars that you may never tell anybody about. And these scars last, don't they? There are words that echo in our minds when we hear them, there's things that, like our body reacts to it when we hear these words. There are hurts that run deep, sorrow for lost relationships, pain from broken hearts. We remember the tears that are shed over certain situations and circumstances. I still have this physical reaction whenever I see a specific kind of car driving down the road. It's all because a series of hurts from a particular person that drove that particular kind of car. And every time I see that car driving down the road, I have this, like my whole body just tenses up. Emotional, emotional pain. It is a real thing. It runs deep and it lasts a long time. Man, emotional pain is a, is a deal. Spiritual pain also. And this one's a little bit harder to nail down because spiritual pain, it's, it's really individual because we have this individual relationship with the Lord. And so the spiritual pain, it's a, it's a little bit more subjective. But here's kind of, when you, when you boil it down to its simple, simplest form, here's spiritual pain. Spiritual pain is a pain that happens when we remember the ways that we've let God down. 
when we remember the ways that we have missed the mark. And we look at that and it hurts because we grieve the fact that we know and we know better and we know to do differently and we know all these things. We got a head full of Bible knowledge and we got a heart full of the desire and all that, but that gummit temptation gets us every now and then. And that spiritual pain, when we know that that sin is what put Jesus on the cross in the first place, that pain hurts because our, our decisions, our choices killed a person. It hurts, doesn't it? This is spiritual pain. We are no stranger to pain. Do you want to know what links all of these pains together? What puts them all together in the same lump? Every single one of them are due to original sin. Every single one of them, every pain that anybody will ever experience on this planet are the result of Adam and Eve choosing to go against God in the Garden of Eden. And all childbirth, all pain, all suffering, all yuck, everything that has lasted from then on. The reason we have to work jobs that perhaps maybe we may like, we may not like, but by golly, they call it work for a reason. And we just gotta work because we gotta make money to be able to, 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 to feed our families and do the things we gotta do. We gotta do those things. It's all because of the fall. None of that would exist if it wasn't for Adam and Eve doing what most of us in this room would have chosen to do just like they did because we still choose that same choice on a regular basis, don't we? Maybe not eating fruit, but maybe it's something else. Maybe it's simply my hurt causing hurt for somebody else. All are the result. All wounds are due to the fall. And what we've read today is that the fall of mankind and all of the pain that has existed since that time will be made right. That's heaven. That's paradise. This is where hope lies. That's what gives us the ability to endure the things that we have to go through, all of the pain, all the suffering, all the emotional reality. That's what gives us that motivation to go on because we have hope, because we have this understanding that someday all of the pain that we have to endure stops. And that's what heaven is. That's who God, that's why God sent Jesus to this earth to show us the way to relationship with the Lord. We find hope in the truth that all wrongs one day will be made right. Now here's the thing. And this is what kind of gets us every now and then. It's a good thing. And that is that some wrongs, we don't have to wait until heaven for them to be made right. And by God's grace and by God's mercy, he captures the heart of some people here on this earth. And by golly, there's forgiveness. There's repentance. There's these things. And there's apologies. And there's wrongs being made right. And we don't have to wait until heaven for that. But boy, it sure makes us wish that all wrongs would be made right right now, right? But we also recognize if that was the case, if that happened right now, think of all the millions of people that would not enter into the kingdom of heaven and would forever be separated from the Lord. 
that's known as hell. Well, we can't stomach that either, can we? And so we're in this juxtaposition where we just cannot wait for heaven. We can't wait for this pain and suffering and sorrow to end. And we also want heaven to be delayed so that our friends and our family and our coworkers and, our, and, our, and the, the acquaintances that we know at the, at the gas station and at the grocery store and at the coffee shops will have a chance to choose Jesus as their savior. And so it's this thing, it's this back and forth. Thank goodness we get to experience a little bit of heaven when there's forgiveness and all that and some wrongs are made right here on earth. Thank goodness we get to experience that some. But you know, that's, if only, if only there could be more of that. You know, a lot of times life is kind of like anybody climb mountains or maybe hills. You ever climbed a hill that you couldn't see the other side of? You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe you do the mountain thing, I don't know. Maybe you're like, eh, you know, I'm more of a rolling hill kind of person. But, you know, if you've ever been where you are looking at what you believe to be the summit, which is the top, the highest point, and you're going to the highest point, and you think you're there, and you have this moment where you're like, I'm about to be there, it's so great. And I know that all of what I've been going through to get there, my, my legs are hurting, my knees are hurting, you know, uh, and all that, and I know all that has taken me to get there, it's about to be worth it because I'm gonna stand on the summit, I'm gonna get to see this beautiful view. And then you get to what you think is the summit, only to find there's another summit on the other side. That wasn't actually the summit. You now have to go, you've only gone halfway. Now you get to go that much further to the next one because that's actually the summit. See, isn't that life for us? That's how life works for us because, man, how many of you have had conversations over the last, well, two weeks, especially with the Israel-Palestine conflict that's going on right now? Is this the end of the days? Have you had those conversations? Is this the end of time? And the answer is absolutely. It's been the end of time since Jesus walked this earth. And there's no question about the fact that there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of sorrow, there's a lot of hard. And the thing is, is that yes, we know. We know and we long for heaven. We know the end is near. We know that. We know Jesus will return. We don't know the definition of near though, do we? And what we know is, is that we endure pain because we're going to this particular summit. We think that perhaps maybe we may be towards the end of time only to find out we get to that moment and we realize we're really only halfway there. And now we gotta keep going. But what helps us keep going? What helps us continue to endure the pain, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual? What helps us continue to do that? It's the summit. It's heaven. It's paradise. It's that moment where all pain ceases, not only just for us, but for all who call on the name of Jesus as Savior. And we hope it's as many people as possible that will do that. This is life. We are promised that persevering through your wounds leads to the time when God makes all things right. It's worth going through. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Do not grow weary in doing good for at the proper time you will reap a harvest of souls that meet you in paradise. Don't quit. Keep moving. One day our healing will be full and complete because the promise of heaven is simple. 
Jesus will remove our pain forever. Doesn't that sound great? Sounds like heaven to me. He will remove our pain forever. Everything that was impacted by the power of sin will be removed and creation will be made new. Every painful, every traumatic event that we've ever experienced will be healed by God. And I know some of you are going through stuff right now and you're thinking, I want that today. I pray that you don't have to wait till heaven for that healing. It may be that you have to. This is a life work forever. Or at least until the end of time here on this earth. But I hope and I pray that you don't have to wait until then. That this could be one of those things that you get to experience the freedom from that in the here and now. As Christ followers, we look forward to the day. And yes, there will be further days in our future that we are convinced we are nearing the end only to find out we're still just part way there. And unfortunately, we gotta keep trucking. But also remember in that time, that also means there's that much more opportunity for other people to call on Jesus as their savior. There's that much more opportunity for other people to receive healing in their lives. And I hope that that makes our hearts full. May the future of heaven give us the hope that we need to make it through the day. Today has enough trouble of its own. Don't be worrying about tomorrow. Today has enough trouble. Make it through the day. And may the future of heaven give us the hope that we need in order to make it through the day. You know, two weeks ago, I was having a conversation with a friend that I hadn't talked to in some time. And uh, in the conversation, he was, he was really nervous that he wasn't going to get heaven. And, uh, and we had a long conversation. And what it centers around is he has prayed to receive Christ a while back. And he knows Jesus as his Savior. He's just, he was just worried that he hadn't done enough good in order to get heaven. He was worried because there were still some thoughts that every now and then would enter into his mind. And he was like, how, if I know Jesus and I love Jesus, these thoughts, how can they continue to enter into my mind? Doesn't that mean that I'm not where I need to be? And so we got to talk through this gift of Jesus. We got to talk through the fact that knowing Jesus and being guaranteed heaven isn't contingent upon our behavior being pleasing to the Lord. It's simply the reception of Jesus and out of that gift of God giving us what we don't deserve, that's why we want to do the things that please the Lord. That's why the motivation to care for people and serve people and have pure thoughts and to make decisions that honor the Lord, that's where that comes from. But heaven isn't contingent upon that. And after this whole conversation that we had, I mean, he's been through a lot of pain and a lot of heart. He's caused a lot of pain in a lot of people's lives, which was why he was feeling like that kind of needed to be overcome. But after this whole conversation, he asked a question that was a beautiful question. His question was this, why would anyone not choose Jesus? If what you're saying is true, and I don't have anything to worry, I'm guaranteed heaven because I've given my life to Jesus. I'm trying to follow Jesus with all my... If that's all true, why would anyone not choose Jesus? It's a brilliant question. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know why anyone would not choose Jesus. Because everyone who chooses Jesus is guaranteed and promised complete healing 
promised, guaranteed that every pain, every wound, every wrong would be made right. Why would you not choose that? I don't know. But I have to ask you the question tonight. Have you chosen? Have you chosen to follow Jesus? Have you given your life to Christ? And are you guaranteed heaven? Do you know that you know that you know that you're guaranteed heaven? Because that's when what everybody on this planet dreams about happens. But the only way those dreams come true is through Jesus. And so you have to know Jesus in order for that to be a reality. And so do you know Jesus? Have you chosen Christ as Savior? If you haven't, I sure hope that you will today because heaven, heaven, and the hope of heaven, it's for you. So I hope that today, if you've not chosen Christ as Savior, I hope today will be your day. If you've chosen Christ as Savior, my hope is, is that each time you're dealing with pain and you're dealing with the suffering, you're dealing with the, the mud and the muck of life here on this earth, it's the hope of heaven that brings joy in sorrow, strength in weakness. It brings goodness in the middle of the, the, the yuck. It provides an opportunity for you to know your Savior in a way you never would otherwise. The hope of heaven. It's what keeps us going. Lord, I pray that you will guide us. Lord, that you will direct us. Lord, that, that we, will, we will give our lives over to you because, Lord, pain and suffering are not going to stop. There's going to continue to be the, the yuck. There's going to continue to be sickness and illness. There's gonna, work is still going to be what work is. And, and, uh, and yeah, there's going to be things about work we don't like. There's going to be things about relationships that are hard and they hurt and all that. And Lord, we just thank you for the fact that someday all of those things cease. So much so, Lord, that there's not any more darkness, even day and night, because it's all light. Because, Lord, you will shine the light of the world and no darkness can overcome it. Lord, we will respond to you and we will engage and interact and walk in the garden with you. And as a result, Lord, it's eternal peace. No shame, no sorrow, no hard, no difficult, no toiling the land, no any of that. Lord, I pray that today that hope is the difference maker. That's the difference maker in our lives. And that's what keeps us laying our lives down for other people. That's what keeps us caring for others in ways that we wanna be cared for ourselves. That hope of heaven, Lord, and the fact that we receive what we don't deserve, that's what compels us to give people what they don't deserve. And Lord, I pray that you help us while we long for heaven to be here now, and we say, heaven, come quickly, we also say, Lord, hold heaven so that more people can choose Jesus, so that more people will experience eternal life with you. Lord, it's by Jesus' wounds that we are healed. 
And I pray, Lord, that in, in that healing, that hope springs eternal. We pray this through the name of Jesus. Amen.